It's a Saturday morning when we invite Jack Farrell in here in his wine chat. Good morning, Jack. Hello, Denny. How are things going? Uh, things are really going well. Thanks for asking. I hope they are for you, too. This is kind of like summertime, and it's not even June yet. I know. Re- sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Today, you know, I touched on last week when we talked with the fishing opener. But I didn't talk about the fishing opener. But I did mention a wine, and I got this week about three texts and the fishing opener. But I didn't talk about the fishing opener. But I did mention a wine, and I got this week about three texts and emails. Uh, what is Muscadet? Well, I thought maybe I ought to explain what Muscadet is. Muscadet gets a bad rap because it get, often gets confused with Muscatel. And Muscatel is not a very desirable kind of wine. It's sweet and uh, just uh, even in the sweetness of Muscatel, there's nothing really appealing about Muscatel. However, Muscadet, it's a French white wine, and it's made at the far western end of the Loire Valley near the town of Nantes. And it's a marvelous, marvelous wine. It's sort of an exception in naming, uh, not only because of Muscatel, but Muscat uh, is named after... The, they're not even sure. It's sort of clouded in mystery. Maybe it had a musky smell at one time. But anyhow, in France, the wines are either named after a geographic region or the varietal itself, with, as occurs with Alsatian wines. But anyhow, Muscat is a really delicious wine. It's an exception in its name, and it's an exceptional wine. I don't find any muskiness in Muscat, so I, I debunk that as a name on it. And the grape type is very unusual. It's Melon de Bourgogne, the melon of Burgundy. And uh, the reason for that, I think, is uh, it's such a durable, uh, fast-ripening grape, and they need that, not being at sort of the mouth of the Loire, Valley, uh, Loire River, uh, and the Atlantic Ocean, it, it relies on that Atlantic current for heating and air conditioning throughout the year. And the grape itself, the Melon de Bourgogne, is a very durable grape. It really became popular after they had a horrible freeze in 1709, wiped out almost all of the variety, uh, of the grape stock, root stock, in that part of the Loire Valley. And the Dutch traders... Uh, encouraged the French to paint, uh, to plant Malone de Bourgogne because it produced a bumpy crop. And also, it was good to what they did. They bought the grape juice, took it to Holland, and made what they called Berntwin then. In fact, that's where we get the name brandy. It comes from burnt wine. And the Dutchess, the Dutch people had sort of cornered that market for burnt wine, and their brandies were popular all over the world, and what they used for the brandy was this Malone de Bourgogne that came from uh, the Loire Valley, and we know as Muscat. It has a wonderful history. Uh, The Emperor Probus uh, instructed all of his soldiers to plant vineyards in this part of the Loire Valley in France centuries ago. And the exact origins of Muscat are sort of clouded in mystery. I remember 
I love that part of the world, and I remember going there on a visit once and visiting my good friend, the Marquis de Goulaine, who grows marvelous uh, muscat at his property there. And he was always so proud of the fact that his family coat of arms had both the leopard of England and the fleur-de-lis of France. And if we remember our history a bit, that's where Joan of Arc came from. And, and you know, as a matter of fact, almost a third of modern-day France was owned by the English for hundreds of years. And it was the Hundred Years' War, etc., which finally settled it. And uh, France got their lands back, and England went back to the islands and didn't claim that part of France anymore. But that's the reason the English liked Bordeaux so much. And uh, they were very enraptured with making brandy, the Dutch were anyway, uh, from this grape type in, in Branton wine. As a matter of fact, no less a personage than Louis XIV, the famous Sun King, uh, actually endorsed the style of Muscat and the Melon de Bourgogne. And so it's a homogeneous, sort of simple uh, grape type. And in the 20th century, Muscadet has gotten a tremendous re revival, and people are interested in it again. And the reason for that, I think, was the primary raise of oak uh, barrels and oak fermentation. It allowed this little simple grape, the Melon de Bourgogne or Muscat, uh, to branch out, and there became more and more different qualities. You know, the, the geography of the area, as I mentioned earlier, has a lot to do with the Gulf Stream. And so the ocean has a great deal of influence on the Muscadet region. It keeps it uh, warm, I'm sorry, it keeps it cooler than the rest of the Loire Valley, and it has more precipitation. And Muscat grows in a sandy soil that drains well, and it does very, very well in this particular area. And like I say, it's a simple wine, and it's low in alcohol. It's never over 12%. And maybe that's why I like it so much with walleye. It's just a perfect wine to marry well with your favorite walleye dish. But uh, in Muscadet, and again, this comes from the Loire Valley, and that's a beautiful part of France if you ever get an opportunity to go there. It's often overlooked because people go to Normandy or they go down to Burgundy or they go down to Provence or just stay in Paris. But a uh, few hours outside of Paris, you enter the Loire Valley, and it's, there's a good reason that every titled nobleman in France strove to have a chateau in the Loire, it's actually the whole Loire River, which is the longest river in France, is the breadbasket of France. And we know stuff like pears, Anjou pears come from the Loire Valley. And uh, the scenery is breathtaking, the river is beautiful, and uh, like I say, it became sort of a playground for very wealthy French people for hundreds of years. And they brought their love of different wines, and that's probably why Muscadet remains so popular. There, there's four areas. It's simple Muscadet, then there's Muscadet Servet Maine, Muscadet Cote de Loire, and Muscadet Cote de Grand Lou. Uh, the most important is to remember Muscadet Servet Maine. 
and the Servet Maine are two rivers, Serve and Maine. And the Muscaday grown by those two rivers is generally the best, and it's really the only one we want to think about because about 85% of the Muscaday produced uh, comes from that little area, uh, the Servet Maine. The rest of it comes from the other three Appalachians, so it's not that important. Uh, the style of Muscadets is, as I said, it's a rather simple wine, not complicated, easy to quaff and enjoy. Uh, it's about half of it today is made surly, and this is kind of an interesting thing. They discovered this much by accident. Uh, the families in Muscaday used to put a barrel aside for weddings and baptisms and things like that in the family, and it was often called the honeymoon barrel. And it would take on more flavor because it sat in that barrel on its lees. And lees are simply the impurities that drop away from wine during its fermentation. And so Sir Lee means on the lees. And what they do now when they make Muscaday Sir Lee is they stir that wine up every now and then, uh, and it creates a much more complex wine than just a plain, simple Muscadet uh, that was made years ago. The Surly is kind of important because it's what gives the Muscadet all its character and makes that Melon de Bourgogne, the grape type, really shine. And it poses minimal risk of developing off flavors, which a lot of wines like Cabernet, if you uh, were to go and stir the the leaves up on a barrel of Cabernet, you'd probably get some awkward aromas in there that you wouldn't really want. But Melon de Bourgogne is such a simple wine that when it gets those complexities, it makes it more interesting. And like I say, that surly, because of the grape type, uh, absolutely not much chance of anything deleterious occurring. Uh, again, it's a low in alcohol wine. It has to, by law, be under 12%, which is uh, kind of important, and it makes it nice for being a food wine. The uh, wines that go well with it, or I'm sorry, the food that goes well with it is stuff like oysters, and people around the world claim Muscadet, you know, it's very, very dry. By law, there can't be three grams of sugar per liter for black surly wine. So it's crisp, fresh, and uh, absolutely delicious. It's no wonder people love it with oysters. My favorite with oysters, I like that flintiness of a Chablis, but I'll tell you, I would very, very happily settle for Muscadet with oysters because of its nice, crisp acidity and good balance. Uh, the wineries themselves in the area, there's about 2,500, but a lot of negotiants buy, and a negotiant is nothing more than a broker, buy wine from these growers and bottle it themselves. So Muscadet is always an inexpensive wine. Very, very hard to find one over $12 a bottle. And yet it's a classic food pairing. As I said, I can pick any kind of wine I want. And when we go fishing, and for fishing opener, we always have Muscadet because there's little residual sugar. Uh, it has a slight saline, <coughs> excuse me, aftertaste to it. And that light, crisp acidity can cut through so many things. So it's very, very good with lots of fish dishes. Uh, and that's about probably more than anybody ever wanted to know about Muscadet, except it's a great wine to remember to have with 
shore lunch, and people are going to be having shore lunches, not just on fishing opener, but all during the fishing season, which is the next three, four months. Try a muscaday with your shore lunch. I think you'll be overjoyed, and you might discover that you have a new favorite white wine. And let's not forget, Haskell's has a, our boat cruises are back on. After the pandemic last year, we had none of these this year. The first one starts in July, and then we have one in August, too. And you can call a Haskell store to reserve a spot on these beer and wine cruises. They're very, very popular. They go from about noon to 3 o'clock out of Stillwater, up and down the beautiful St. Croix, and you taste wonderful wine. So maybe you want to uh, go to Haskells.com and click on events, and you can reserve a spot on the boat cruise. And I want to act quickly. They sell out very, very rapidly. All right, very good. Well, what another great show, Jack. And uh, for those folks that maybe are new to the show, we get new listeners all the time. Tell us about Haskell's still family run. Haskell's has been family run for over 85 years, and we've been supplying the Twin Cities with fine wines and spirits for that entire length of time. And we've gotten very good at it. There's a Haskell's near you where you not only will see an assortment of wine from all over the world, whether your favorite is Muscadet or a Malbec from Argentina, we have them all, and we have them at great prices. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine and visit the vineyards of the world on a Saturday. Haskell's in Bloomington. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior in Faribault right off of 35. And the Maple Grove store is not to be believed, 22,000 square feet of wonderful wines from all over the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul, one in Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com, and you can visit our, also, all of the wines are listed on Haskell's.com, as well as some of the recipes that we talk about. And don't forget, the folks at Haskell's do deliver. Absolutely. Well, Jack, you have a good week, and uh, let's do this again next week. Denny, I'm going to look forward to it. Me as well. Thank, Thank you, you, Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Get those lawn and garden questions ready. We've got our uh, Smart Garden Show underway uh, coming along in the 8 o'clock hour. And then it's home improvement from 9 to 10 here on 830WC. So here's a quick look at that weather. Uh, we expect a nice warm 85 for a high today. A small chance of showers overnight. Better chance tomorrow. Only going to hit about 70 tomorrow. And then 84 again on Monday and Tuesday. Right now, it's 70.